You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere, brought to you by Manscaped, with your hosts, Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen to us free on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Obviously not the outcome that we wanted. Um, it's hard to win a game when you have three turnovers and don't get any. Uh, you know, some things we did well, but not good enough. Give Detroit credit. Um for the win. A lot of injuries you suffered there on, on what now is going to be a really short week. Mm-hmm. Look, how hard was that to, to get through this game and continually yeah. lose guys like that? Yeah, I mean, it happens. It happens in each game. Um, you know, I'll get with the, the trainers after this and, and talk about it and come up with a, a plan on a short week. And um, it's what it is. There's no excuses. I, I don't know, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, no, he looked like he was in a lot of pain. He did. I don't know what the answer, I don't know what it is. I'll find out after I'm done with this. Ford already out there that uh, Dory sprained his MCL. Is that accurate? I haven't, I don't know. I haven't talked to any of these guys yet. So. Any regrets about putting him back there? No, I mean, it's, look, it's football. Um, obviously, it was unfortunate. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see where we're at here um, tomorrow and, and later tonight. So that was Brian Dable answering questions from the uh, post-game press conference against the Lions. And and I really like Dable's demeanor. You know, he's like, look, we didn't get the job done. Uh, you know, we lost several players to injury. We we're getting to get back in on Monday and uh, and get right back at it before we start playing Dallas. Now, one thing that does come out of that, he didn't know the severity of either Wondell Robinson or Dory Jackson's injuries at the time. We do now know that Wondell Robinson is gone for the year with a torn ACL. Adoree Jackson out for four to six weeks with an MCL sprain. So uh, down two guys. We're going to talk about being down some of the offensive linemen here. But we are the three giant fans. Your host, Scott, Giant, Mike, and Cardone. And fellas, I know we're all frustrated. We're going to get into this. But uh, Abel's press conference sort of sums it up. I mean, not much you can do about it. Uh, Got beat. Just get back to work and let's go at it. I I really wish they had let me do that press conference right after that game. (laughs) Um, it would have been a little bit different and, uh, I'm sure we'll get into that here, but I, I, I don't know what to say in summary of that piece of shit. Um, you know, all I can say is I, I think two weeks ago I said, we'll see what kind of team we are here after these next two weeks. We're either going to win two games, we're going to lose two games, or we're going to split them and look bad in the one we lose. Well, uh, option three. So yeah. we'll have to figure out what that means for us. It feels like we, um, that game felt like it was coming, right, guys? I don't know. At least in, in, in it felt like we have been just finding a way to win a lot of a lot of games in many different ways. In this game, for some reason, um, you know, coming after the uh, the bye, we it's we kind of mucked our way through against a bad Houston Texan team. We didn't look great in that game. We got the win. So going into the Lion game, they were coming off a couple wins. Had a feeling that that game was going to be trouble. Wasn't expecting it to go that way, but. Uh, you know, Dable said we got a lot of work to do. Well, shit, man, we got 24 hours because the, the Giants are kicking off in less than 24 hours. So I may be drowning some more sorrows in my pumpkin pie tomorrow at this time. So we'll see. <laughs> they they got They better come up with some freaking game plan because they're going into a fucking buzzsaw in Dallas. Yeah. Going into a buzzsaw, and we're going to be down several players, which we'll get into in just a second. But uh, before we do, let's give a shout out. Hello, Mohawk, Tennessee. So uh, Mohawk. it's... It's in between, it's in the valley between the Riley and Lick Creeks, which I believe in Tennessee is called Cricks. And uh, it was originally called Lick Creek Siding, but changed to Mohawk after Indians passed through during the Civil War. 
Um, so it's in eastern Tennessee, uh, not not too far from the Virginia and North Carolina borders. Is that where Camp Mohawk was in the movie Meatballs that used to, that kicked the shit out of Camp North Star for twelve oh, yeah. years running? Yeah, they were Mohawk. Remember the remember the, the, the girl? Camp. Yeah, the cheerleaders in a basketball game. Mohawk, Mohawk with their little you know tomahawk. Where it yeah. just doesn't matter. Well, shit, can't say that. Our freaking games they matter right now. So they North matter. Star, they may have said it doesn't matter. Right, you know, Giant fans. Tomorrow and the rest of the season, these games, they matter, man. Mohawk, should that not be in a valley? What do you think Mohawk should be on top of a hill? But that sounds like Mohawk shouldn't really be down in a valley like that. I don't, I don't know. You know, it would have been cool to live in the times when you could name the area you were in by something that just happened. You know, like everything's named now, right? We can't new name things. So, you know, you're hanging out in this area. You're like, oh, this is home. What do we call it? And you look over your shoulder. There's some Indians walk through. It's Mohawk. Right, come on. <laughs> you know, so you can just name things like I, I live here in Fort Mill, South Carolina, and I, I did a little bit of research one time to figure out, you know, where did the, how did that name come about? Where did it come from? Well, it's simply it was the place that had a fort and then kind of on the other side of the road there had a hill or a, I'm sorry, a mill, not a hill. So now yep, Fort Mill. Perfect. <laughs> At Rock Hill, you probably yeah. had a rock on one side and on the other side a hill. Yeah. Like a rock Sounds simple enough. You know, so there were some good opportunities passed up, I think, because nothing was named yet. So they had to, as they were naming it as they go along. They probably started out like, you know, they were like north of Charlotte somewhere. And they're like, you know, you go past Charlotte and there's that little area and there's a, there's a fort there. And then there's the mill, you know, that Fort Mill area zone. That's where you, you know, you go down there. Bingo, you got a name. Got your name. <laughs> so uh i that am the back last in the... time i'm going to be jovial for the rest of the evening <laughs> yeah i yeah. Well, well we'll get into your demeanor even on sunday in a minute here, but <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, i gotta mention i'm back in the states and uh one story i didn't mention when i was in germany so i met my friend johnny out and we we go to a brewery and as soon as as i see him in the doorway he comes up to me we you know we give the old bro hug and he says so, are you angry today? So that's our <laughs> listener in Germany. He's, he's a big fan of the Three Angry Giant fans. We uh, right on. We um, we were talking about the podcast a little bit. He he he's a big football fan, but the of course football being soccer as we know it. So he's a big Werner Bremen fan, who's a team in the Bundesliga in, in the first league in in Germany. But uh, he doesn't follow American football that much, but he—I think he—he he likes us for the comedy, which is uh, oh, which is a, a compliment to us since Germans aren't known for their their comic uh, acceptance, their comic relief. Or <laughs> their, <laughs> I don't know. A funny German is not a German. Oh God! <laughs> I figured when he said he didn't like American football, that had to be it because what, what's he coming just to look at us? No, we're not. At, <laughs> No one's like, I don't like what they're saying, but those are three sexy dudes. I'm going to go listen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Mike, Mike, Chris and I watched the game of my house, which I, I've now said we're not going to, I'm not hosting anyone at my house now. I'm either going to watch it alone at my house or I'm going to meet people out because it was like a morgue. We're sitting there and we weren't, Chris and I weren't even visibly angry. We're just disappointed. We're sitting there just you could hear a pin drop. Even, even my wife was sitting in the side and she's like, you guys are just sort of pathetic. Basically just, sort just of like the crowd, the crowd in the stadium was sort of pathetic. You know, we looked, mm. it looked like it was empty as hell, but Mike, Mike was not pathetic. Mike was firing off 
text after text with like increasingly more just ridiculous takes. You know, <laughs> it's like the Giants are we're the Giants are picking first in the draft next year. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if if there's such a thing as like you know a, a DUI check on the road and and a cop says like. All right, buddy. You know, text me right now. What the hell just happened on that play? That would be like, we'd be like, yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're being Mike. Mike was being being dragged away because he was stammering yeah. and stuttering and and fumbling and bumbling his way through text as he's trying yeah. to voice his displeasure over over text messages to Scott and I, and, and we were just cracking up over looking at that. I go, look at this guy. He's just yeah. stammering all over the place. It was great. If you could tell someone is stammering and stuttering just by reading text from that person. Oh yeah. That's a, oh yeah. That's a that's a tell. That was a tell. Yeah. So I was funny. You know, I, I started preparing for the podcast and I remember now I sent those guys a bunch of texts. So I said, I'll go look at those and kind of maybe that will jar my memory of some things. As I'm reading my texts, I thought I don't even have to make notes. I'm just going to use my text. I summed it up perfectly <laughs> in these texts. So what I what I thought was funny about that. So we're talking about it. Hang on. I'm going to I'm going to go to the videotape here. So, you know, I we talked last week about how the Giants have played poor first halves. And I think I even said, I am not going to get upset in the first half of any game. I've learned my lesson. That. <laughs> so right before halftime, I text you guys. Um, I said, guys, we talked about this. We are playing our game, not theirs. It's going to be a low score. Great play by Hutch. That was a little unlucky. We're just fine. All right. So <laughs> that was that was at 2.03. 2.03 p.m. I sent that text. At 2, 2.26, I sent, we're in deep shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it just deteriorated from there. So, so in, 20, in 23 minutes, I went from everything's fine, everything's fine, to we're a deep shit. And it just kept spiraling after that. Was, yeah. Yeah. I had I saw the, I, I'm like, we're fine. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, what, I, what game is he watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what to do. But I was trying to be upbeat, and then I'm like, "Well, fuck upbeat. That doesn't work." And I'm now I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. And, so yeah. we'll get the we'll get the positive out of the way. So, guys, I looked back at what Andrew Thomas is doing this year: zero sacks allowed for the season, one QB hit, which happened in week two, no pressures in the last three games. And you're talking about it. We're going to talk about the pressure that, that Jones was under in this game. And we know what the kind of pressure he was in um, even against even against the Texans. But no pressures in the last three games. One QB hit given up all year and zero sacks allowed. I don't know, honestly, if another offensive lineman in NFL history could claim that. I, I Obviously, there's no way to go back and fact check that right now. But through this many games, that, that that's near like pitching a shutout every every game. He's yeah. been perfect. I mean, he's been absolutely perfect. And if, uh, you know, I, I know this is going to be glossed over in the grand scheme of things because he's so good and it should be, but man, he looked awful as a rookie out there on the field. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but I, there were people who loved this kid at one time who were just throwing him under the boats bus. Uh, his high school coach came out and said, I don't even know who that is. You know, it, it was, it was, you know, it looked like the biggest bust, maybe, maybe in Giants history. I mean, he looked like he wasn't going to make year two. Um, and for him to be playing the way he is now, unbelievable. There's a lesson in that for everybody, fans of all teams in the draft. 
uh, just chill the fuck out. These guys take time to develop. <laughs> yeah, well put. On the flip side, we got to watch uh, Micah McFadden run around like a chicken with his head cut off. He looked overmatched oh. in this game. Um, and 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 even even their defense, guys. I mean, the interior of our defense, Dexter Lawrence and, and Leonard Williams played well once again. But Goff was pressured three times, even though we blitzed 62% of the other pass plays. Jones was pressured 17 times. Lemieux, Lemieux played 30 snaps and gave up seven pressures, a sack, and three tackles for losses. Yeah. 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 Well, we've been saying it the last couple weeks, guys. This was, um, you know, not to get into all the statistics, but this was the exact opposite of how the Giants have been playing because going going into this week, we highlighted how they haven't been turning the ball over. They're getting, you know, yards in the running game. They're they're not getting into the third and long situations. Jones is is you know completing timely plays, all that. So when Saquon is running 15 Saquon ran 15 times for 22 yards. That's all you got to know about how the offensive line performed and how Detroit I said to Scott during the game, I said it a couple times, Scott. I go, Detroit's playing a freaking great road game. Like they just played a great road game. Um, I thought both sides of the ball, they were doing a lot of things. The Giants, you just mentioned, Scott, couldn't. So this was the kind of game where we couldn't run the ball. Jones had the devastating turnover. Went, you know, that was it was still only six three at that point. At that point, we're up six three. Um, you know, the six fifteen mark of the second quarter. So a, a quarter and a half gone, and that interception, that was it. That changed the whole course of the game because they scored on that drive. And then they went on to score at the end of the second half to make it 17-6. So that game down by 11 at halftime felt like we were down by 25. And, and then Detroit they came out in the, the first drive. Yeah, Detroit got the ball to start the second half and came down to score. They scored 21 straight points, and we were down 24-6. And as we all know, and everyone around the league knows, the Giants are not, and not a lot of teams, but the Giants especially, they are not built to come back from from uh, you know multiple scores down, but they've done it a couple times this year, but th- they weren't able to do it, and this was the result. It was you know a, a pretty resounding loss at home to a Detroit line. That's yeah, they're up and you know coming in the last couple of weeks, but uh, it's a bad loss, guys. It's a bad loss with things to come. We have a really tough stretch. We'll get into it in terms of the schedule coming up here, guys. I'm I'm all of a sudden it's like the Giants are in trouble. <laughs> they're in trouble. It feels like it's crazy what yeah. one week does in this league. It's amazing how the, how your perception can change with one with one game. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I mean, you look up and down the line and, and other outside of Thomas, what went right in this game? Fucking Gano missed two extra points. You know, I mean, is there anything that goes right? And, you know, you excuse the first one. You're like, well, it's windy down there. This is probably going to be a, an issue all day for these kickers. Nope. Detroit's kicker cannon, just no mm-hmm. problem with anything. Um, you know, it just seemed like, man, it's just not our day. And one of the things I text, texted as I was spiraling uh, was the Giants <laughs> as, are simply not allowed in this league to make a big play or, or yeah. a momentum changing play. They're just not allowed to do it. They will either shoot themselves in the foot somehow um, or an official will stop it from happening or just and, you know, I'm not even saying bad call. Uh, you know, I, the Giants commit penalties. I, I get it. I'm not I'm not blaming officials, but, you know, a big play in the Giants. Uh, it's been that's not been against Detroit. It's been a lot of this this year is we've had a lot of big plays called back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And or, we've had a lot know, of plays that we've made. Yeah. 
flagged that end up extending drives. So Chris and I were talking about how that first drive, you know, it was a three and out for Detroit. No, 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 no. Roughing the passer. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and then a little bit later we got called for a pass interference call that on the very next driver or shortly thereafter, Wandell Robinson was coming across on a third down play and gets turned around by the, by the defensive back. And what was the criteria they were talking about on the play that the giants said, Oh, he's got his hand on his hip and he turns them. Well, he's got his hand on Wandell's hip and he turns them. Why is there not a reciprocating uh, call there? And, and again, I, I'm not even saying the calls change anything here. It's just the fact that NFL referees are so inconsistent with, with how they call a game. It, it, it impacts the game. Yeah. Yeah, of course it impacts the game. Um, yeah, Scott, you brought up some great points there that uh, even though it's early in the game, first drive for Detroit. Yeah, we um, forgot. I, I had written that down and, and, and didn't highlight it. But yeah, the um, that rough in the passer, it's bullshit. You know, of course, it's a bullshit call. Right. And Always. then that led to a field goal. So. It all matters, right? All those plays, all those calls, all those non-calls, can't figure out the PIs in this league, can't figure out holdings, what's, what's holding, certainly can't figure out roughing the, roughing the passer anymore. Um, it's so. It, but aside from that, the, this was a game where the Giants, I don't know, they just looked a little, um, I don't want to say they came out without a, you know, they, they weren't flat. You know, like I said, Detroit played a, a good road game. They, uh, what I thought the Giants got away from, though, is when, when they when Barkley couldn't get off, and that was evident th- throughout early on. I mean, you went through a couple drives. You're like, okay, Detroit. We see the game plan, and every team's doing that. Detroit just seemed to have, you know, excel at it. You know, it, the best of anyone all year. Saquon Barkley's longest run of the game. Do you guys know what his longest run of the game was? It was four yards, <laughs> four <laughs> on 15 yeah. carries. So we already we already mentioned that, of course. But what I started to wonder. And this is, I'm kind of, I don't want to give away some, one of my uh, peeves here, but, um, you know, I, I just keep waiting for Jones to keep the, uh, you know, the, with, with the read option. So what, what's, I, w- I want to try to understand what's going on there with the, with the offensive side of the ball. We can't seem to get Barkley out in open space with screen passes. Is it just because our line can't, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it, every team has a screen pass. Again, I was screaming for a screen pass uh, on Sunday. Didn't, can't get it. Um, it. I don't know, guys. It's just, it's still frustrating uh, on, on that side of the ball. And then defensively, you know, we're not getting to the quarterback enough. We're not getting pressures. How many times we pressure golf? You said, Scott, it was, what was we it? Had th- three? We had three, three pressures. They had three. 17 pressures on Jones. Yeah. That's, um, that's insane. Can't have And that. we blitz, we blitzed on, on 60% of our, our, our plays. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah. we're blitzing 60% of the time and not getting there. That's really what's happening. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we knew we, that we were going to struggle with some of that, but, uh, yeah, Chris, excellent points. You know, um, I I'm with you. Uh, and you know, they even got Jones Jones kept a couple and, you know, he scored that touchdown yep. on the, on the end around. He did. Um, and so that they started to creep that back in, which I liked a little bit, but here's, here was, I, I'm going to answer your question for you. And I, and I'm, you know, I don't know enough about football to know that this is the <laughs> answer, the answer to your question or not, but here's what I see. I see the giants bound and determined to run Barkley on first down. Yeah. Yep. And and I see other teams ready for that. Now, I think you say, you know, we're going to keep hammered against Houston. We're going to keep hammered against Detroit because we know really they stink. They stink in the run and we're going to break one of these. But after the first quarter, when you've had, or maybe, you know, heading into halftime, when you've had five, six drives and you've tried to run Barkley between the tackles five, six times and his average is less than one, you mm-hmm. just spent all, you just spent a whole half of football in second and long. When you're in second and long, 
Barkley's out of the game unless you're going to figure out a way to throw it to him. So what the Giants play calling is setting Barkley up for is we're giving him the ball in the absolute worst situation to give him the ball in consistently and then taking our ability away to run him on second and third down because we're in passing downs. Um, you know, you can sneak in a draw every now and then, you know, everyone knows that. And I'm not talking every single time we did start uh, a drive. I think late in the first half with a play action that surprise resulted in like a 12 or 13 yard completion. Um, but they, you know, I understand the desire to run the ball. I understand, especially against Houston, especially against Detroit that you say, we don't care how many times they stop it. We're going to keep coming. But there is a point where you say, okay, you know what? Okay, statistically fine. They're last in the league in rushing. They're not today. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying give up on the run. I'm saying go 50-50 on the run on first down so we can have some extended drive, so we can be in a second and four, uh, you know, occasionally. Um, I, I put it, I, you know, when I watched that game, it was a play calling to me from what I could see through my beer, uh, beer brown <laughs> haze. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, this is a, a perfect example of some of the things we've been saying about those fans complaining about Daniel Jones and, and only throwing for 200 yards and complaining about that. We do not want Daniel Jones to throw for 350 yards in a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all the complaints about throwing for under 200, when you're in that situation, you are throwing the ball to get a third and long, keep a drive going on, and then you're establishing the running game. To have him have to throw for 350 yards, it's not effective, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the receiving core we have. Now, unfortunately, Wondell Robinson got hurt after he just reached 100 yards, and, and you know, Slayton almost had 100 yards. So we almost had two 100-yard receivers in this game. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to throw out another stat that might be unbelievable for the worst receiving core in the, in the NFL. Who do you think leads the NFL in offensive pass interference penalties? Uh, as oh, a team, the New York Giants be, do. The New, New York Giants lead yep. lead the league in offensive pass interference. A team that can't it's, get separate. No one can get separation on this team. We got a horseshit collection of receivers, and they're the ones that are uh, you know picking off the most guys and and pushing off and get the fuck out of here. It's just bullshit. I, I watch I, I watch teams week in and week out throw that wide receiver screen where there's four guys blocking before the pass is even out, and there's no yeah. call there. But the Giants. Wow. It, it, incidentally run into someone in the middle of the field and, and the flag comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, we all know. I, has this team been able to run an effective screen pass since Tiki Barber? No, it doesn't <laughs> matter who the coaches are. It doesn't matter. And you know, okay. Some of it maybe is we've stunk. We have a bad offensive line. They can't block. Maybe they don't know what the hell they're doing out there either, but we just cannot set up a good looking screen pass. When's the last time you remember like seeing Barkley or anybody, any giant running back, catch a ball on a screen and, and like almost getting up out of your seat and going, he's got blockers. Mm-hmm. It, it never happens. Never. There's four guys draped all over him. If Jones is even able to get the ball off, um, you know, there, there's linemen blocking downfield. It's a, it's a, it's a mess. That's the, it's as rare Mike as the, the, the big bumbling tight end, Tiptoeing backwards, waiting for yeah. a, a, a lollipop to fall in a basket catch yeah. on the goal line from the one yard line. It's the same yeah. thing. It's just, yeah, it's just it's just absolute rarity that does not ever happen. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. That's a great point. Right? We we've been saying it all season. Is is um you know as well as this offense has looked at times, it's still we can't seem to get the, we. It seems like we never really ha- get a defense off balance 
or get them out of position. Like you said, it's incredible how we can't seem to get yeah. a screen or a running back out in the open, just running wild in the flat. And yeah. I watch a lot of other games, and it seems like other teams, even when they don't have blockers, it seems like it goes for 13, 15 yards. How? How is that possible? It's incredible. Yep. I mean, there are teams in this league. First of all, the Patriots won a handful of Super Bowl rings doing it. Now with Tom Brady, he brought some of that to Tampa Bay, uh, Kansas City. There are teams in this league who that wide receiver pick play is the at Green Bay is the absolute staple of their mm-hmm. offense. And yet, if the Giants run it, it's guaranteed there'll be a call. And hell, we can't even get away from a call, as Scott said, if it's inadvertent 15 yards downfield. We, we got flags flying. There are other teams whose offense is based on that play. That's incredible. So, you know, we we dropped a 7-3. and three. It's not the end of the world, but then you add injury to insult instead of the opposite way around. You lose Wandell. You lose Adoree Jackson. Uh, I think McLeod went out with bruised ribs. So we're looking at having Rodarius Williams as being one of our cornerbacks in this next game and maybe Cordell Flott. Um, It's going to be tough. Guys, we're going to this Cowboys game with an offensive line that is going to be a mash unit. So Azudu's out this week. Feliciano's out this week. Lemieux is out. And Neal is still out. So it looks like our offensive line is going to be Thomas probably Anderson at guard gates at center who played pretty well when he came into center in yeah. that game, Glowinski at the other guard, and then either tire Phillips or a combination of tire Phillips and Matt Pierre at the other tackle situation going up against one of the better pass rushing teams in the, in the NFL. So, I mean, I look, I we're seven and three. We got to find a way to get two more wins to, to probably make the playoffs, get three wins to, to have it be a lock. I don't see it happening on, tomorrow but you, you know you never know but we're we're depleted right now neither of our starting cornerbacks is going to be active for this game and our offensive line is three-fifths of the way done yeah, yeah. i don't know guys this game to me feels i mean it's like you just said scott seven and three you almost look up you're like wow they, you know the giants are still in you know in, in good shape when you just look at the standings right but we know how many games are left we know our schedule we know we, we know what we're dealing with and it's incredible. We were just saying how this this league, week to week sometimes, I've been feeling so good about this Giant team, so confident. Had a feeling that this Detroit game was going to trip us up. It did. Um, it, it, it And now, and then couple that with this perfect storm that the way Dallas just dismantled and manhandled the Vikings last week. Now, again, week to week, it's sort of like, um, it's it, it, you know, it doesn't replicate that simply in, in the league, you know, where one game a team just is going to dominate again. But all of a sudden, it feels like this game. It feels like the last couple of years where I don't. It feels like we almost can't compete with this team. That's my opinion. Tomorrow, the way Dallas is playing, there. I mean, they are obviously trending up, and this game, especially with the injuries you just mentioned, Scott. That's the, really the problem. It's like, okay, you lost to the Detroit Lions, okay, but if we had a full uh, complement of our roster and and we had and we put a good game plan together, all right, we'll we'll, we'll battle and go head to head with Dallas and, and see what we got for sixty minutes. But now with with the injuries we just suffered and just this game had all of a sudden just has took on a different a, a different tone for for me where yeah. I don't even feel like the Giants can compete. I really don't. Uh, I and, think Dallas. I just see them. It's I saw Kirk Cousins running for his life all day on Sunday, and all, all I can think about was like, what in the world are they going to do to Daniel Jones and, and our running game? You know, if the Detroit Lions, worse than the league, 
again, they weren't for that day, Mike. Great point. You know, because just because you're you're you may be worse statistically doesn't mean that every single week that's exactly how it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But I mean, Dallas is a, you know def- defensively they've been pretty consistent all year. They get after the quarterback. I just see a long day, guys. I see a long, pretty disastrous day in terms of offensively trying to Giants don't score points as it is. You know, we we struggle to get even 21, 24 points. And Dallas leads the league. I saw this. I knew they were up at the top. Um, they're only giving up 16.7 points a game. That's best in the NFL. So offensively, yeah. we're going to really have our hands full, guys. Yeah. I, 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 if we're if we're getting ahead into the Dallas game a little bit, I will go ahead and agree a thousand percent with Cardone. This game reeks like a nationally televised dismantling. It just. Uh, there and it's Thanksgiving and they'll be all hyped up and hooting and hollering and calling trick plays up 21. It's going to, it's just going to be one of those 49 to six, 49 to 10. It, you know, that's just way this game feels to me right now. It, if I were ever going to look at the schedule and say, okay, pick one loss. You're sure you're going to have before it. And you have to push all your money into the middle of the table and pick one win. This is the sure loss game. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and, and one more point I, that I didn't see until uh, today or whatever. Dallas has lost three straight consecutive uh, Thanksgiving games. Oh, yeah. So how in the world are, are we going to expect a fourth consecutive loss uh, tomorrow? Yeah. I, I just throw in that little just tiny, you know, yeah. little salt into the wound there. You yeah. know, where, where the Everyone, football guy, you know, just, yeah. Every other team <laughs> Dallas plays on Thanksgiving does the country a favor. It beats their ass right. on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Giants are going to do... Giants are going to be the fodder for what exactly the Cowboy fans want. Just a day of hooting and hollering and celebrating. And, and, yep. you know, we, we're the, you know, it's, it's men against boys on, on Thanksgiving this year. So I, I want to ask Mike where we're getting our, our eighth win from. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that was a text. That was a reference to the text. <laughs> so, so Mike has a text here. Total smoke and mirrors will finish eight and 10. And prior to that, it was season over. I don't want to make the playoffs and get shredded by a mediocre teams. Shredded. Shredded. Love the word shredded. I was feeling it. Yeah. And no, that wasn't, that wasn't the eighth win. That was the 10th loss. So I figured the giants could somehow go into a bag of tricks and manufacture another loss. That was, that's right. It was eight eight and 10. And Chris and I both looked at each other and said, he's now he's, now he's making up games where we played an 18 games season now. Mike's yeah. he's adding games to the schedule. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> now let's play a third game against Dallas. Maybe on short rest in Dallas. Guys, one of the statistical things I always look at, and you know, just those quirky things. So we have three losses right now. In the weeks that we've had three losses, I think there's only been one team in our division that's lost that's played the same day we did. I think Washington lost the the, the week we lost to Dallas the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since then. The NFC East has run the table every time we've had a loss, which means not only are we losing a game, but we're losing a game to the field, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah another great disastrous uh, statistic there is uh, we certainly noticed that at, by the end of the day. Is that, oh, yeah. Every single team in the NFC East won. So just add to it. Uh, add to the fact we got Wondell Robinson, you know, tearing ACLs. We got a Dory Jackson. Well, by the way, um, the Giants special teams do us a favor. Stop. That's it. Do not return punts for the rest of the season. Just don't return punts because I'll go out there. I, I could wave a hand and you know, do the, the just exactly. Catch. I just want to see. I don't care if there's 20 yards of open space. Just just fair catch the freaking ball. That's it. And, and just down it and bring the offense on. I don't want to I don't want to see another giant return punt return even in, in 
at all. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, yeah. if we don't get someone injured, they fumble the ball anyway. Just, just take it. Yeah. Matter of fact, don't even don't do don't do a fair catch. Run away from it. Why we, let's just not have. Right. We will not have a punt unit out there. Just let them kick it and down it. That's fair That's catch. It. You know, we could bobble that. You never, you know. Guys, I know it's only one week, and we we live this this league week to week. But I, the way that we've done against the run. It bothers me that 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 Pollard and Zeke are going to be difficult. I'm going to have to watch probably Pollard get like a 60-yard run to get to the two, and then Zeke will take it in and then do the feed me shit just after I have already, you know, eaten my goddamn Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, God, I can't. I can't even take it because, you know, what am I? I have like these like five tenants that I believe about the NFL and they change based on players coming and going. But you guys clearly know Justin Fields, you know, the other ones. But one of mine, as you all know very well, is that Ezekiel Elliott is one of the most overrated, highly rated players ever. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just a, a mediocre running back. He's the second best running back on the team. I, I will have to watch him score, like Scott just said, in some ridiculous situation where the, the Giants knock a receiver or, or knock Pollard out at the two, and this jackass will come in and score a touchdown and, mm-hmm. you know, someone should put some poison in that freaking bowl. Or, you know, if I'm still upright by the end of the game, uh, you know, where I got to watch, you know, Zeke, yeah, I'm going to have to watch Pollard. I'm going to have to watch the whole, uh, you know, Cowboy offense, C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, all yeah. sitting around with the, you know, someone's going to come out there with the oh, fucking yeah. platter of the turkey and they're oh, going to be pulling yeah. apart the leg and someone's going to oh, be yeah. cutting something. They're going to be sitting on the field with the fucking headsets on, eating a yeah. turkey leg, bringing an offensive lineman. I don't know if yeah. they still got Nate Newton, but it was always fuck. it was always Nate Newton, you know, eating yeah. some turkey leg on Thanksgiving yeah. day, like, because they're always the four o'clock games. So by the time, Seven something rolls around here on the East Coast. You know we're in a. We're, I'm in a food and alcohol coma. Yeah. By you know certainly by hey, six seven o'clock. So you just got like terrible announcers just trying to do Madden impressions. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know oh, we're giving the turkey to the whole offensive line. You know shut up. Get this off TV. Put the seven o'clock game on. Get out of my face. <laughs> I'm going to introduce a drinking game tomorrow, and you got to take a you got to take a drink, sip whatever you you know. Every time they either show Jerry Jones's corpse-looking face or just mention his name, just just a, a shot. At, I'm going to take. That's it. I'm going to take a half a beer every time they sh- show Jerry Jones. That's it. That's the drinking game tomorrow. So there's no way we're going to make it past halftime. Be on the floor hammered. <laughs> By the way, Chris, we at the Three Angry Giant fans, we impact change. We have impacted change for mike and his time that he's going to be eating thanksgiving dinner so uh yes yeah that's a true story my my wife listened to the podcast last week and based on that came to me and said would you like to move up what time we're going to eat and i said huh. yes i would i would that would be helpful for me thank you so thank you to the three of you giant fans or the other two angry giant fans i should say for uh for impacting change at giant mike's house and allowing me to um like Chris just said, watch the game in a food and alcohol coma um, without having to do it from the table. Yes. Be- before we're hammered tomorrow by halftime, predictions for the game. I'll start. With, I'll start with Chris. <sighs> you know. By I, the way, we were all we were all wrong last week. We all picked yeah. the, the Giants beat the Lions. I know. In a, in a close game, we picked the uh, the Giants. But this, um, I don't see how. Uh, so this game, I saw the uh, the current line. Cowboys are favored by ten. Uh, that's a lock. 
I mean, that is a lock. I mean, 10 sounds like a lot, but, you know, Mike, you just threw out it. You just trotted out a score earlier. Yeah, I'm thinking, you you know, I don't know if the 38, yeah, like 38, 10, something like that. Beautiful. I don't see the Giants scoring more than, uh, you know, like 10, 13 points. I'll even, I'll, you know, the hell with the extra field goal. I'll just 38, 10 Dallas and just, um, this is an ambush, guys. I feel like this, I feel like this is an ambush. I really will be stunned if the Giants are within two scores in this game. I feel that strongly about the Giants just getting um, just there, just just having it just crammed down their throat, just taking a turkey leg, like just, you know, shoved, you know, like an eight inch long, two inch wide turkey leg, just shoved down your throat. Yeah, I, I kind of gave mine away already. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more background behind why I feel mine. So I'll go ahead and say the score 49 to six. And uh, I'll give you the, the reason why behind that is because the Giants are overmatched and they're going to be overmatched in a couple games as we go down the end of this schedule, mostly because of injuries, because we have a good coaching staff. We have a good running back. We have what we're I'll stick to this game. We're overmatched and it's on national TV. It's on Thanksgiving. Mike McCarthy is a douchebag and the Giants are basically going to be waving the white flag in the third quarter on this thing. And he is not going to relent. Mm hmm. We're going to see a halfback pass. We're going to see, you know, double reverses where, you know, you name it, you, you know, we're going to be down and trying to run the ball and we're just, they're just going to keep on blitzing and keep overwhelming our offensive line. And there's going to be turnovers. Um, so yeah, I, I think when the dust clears, I'm looking at a 39 point Dallas win. Or actually, even, it's more than that. Yeah. Actually. I, I thought I had 10. Yeah. Let me correct. 43 point. Uh, Dallas win. Would this even qualify as a statement win? That's one of my favorites, right? I, I know I've thrown that pet peeve out there like in season one or, you know, wins, losses, ties, statements. Like, I don't even think this can qualify as a statement win because, it, no, like, the Giants are just all of a sudden they're a fucking doormat, you know, in the NFC. That's And and rightfully so, perhaps. You know, that Dallas had their statement win. I saw that, you know, against the Vikings. So is it possible that they get another statement win? But that's yeah. an excellent, excellent point, Mike, that um, I could see McCarthy because this is Thanksgiving. This yep. is especially, you know, this – you know, Thanksgiving Day, more than any Sunday or Monday night game. I mean, this is, I mean, everybody, the whole country's watching these games, yep. especially yep. the the first two, maybe not as much the night game, perhaps, but, and, and, and we're in that time, the late game time slot on, you know, a four o'clock East Coast thing. Yeah, I could see McCarthy being a total douchebag and just piling it on. One thing we didn't mention earlier when we were talking about Graham Gano is the guy had four IVs uh, before the game. Uh, he, he, he was sick with the flu. So I understand that a bit. Now we'll add a little bit of context to this next part, because I, I was watching the, the world cup and, you know, Australia was playing France and France was big, you know, they, they were favored and, and Australia's big underdog and Australia scores. They're whooping it up and, you know, they're woo, everyone's going crazy and they ended up losing four to one. So what I see happening is that the giants come out, they get the ball first, go down, get a field goal. Luckily, our kicker is Graham Gano, so he's going to make the field goal, and he's not going to jump around like a grammatica would celebrating. He's just going to walk <laughs> back to the to the sideline, and um, we'll see him to kick off the second half, and that's about it because we're going to lose thirty to three. Mm. So it's one of yeah. those games where we come out, we get we get a score, people are clapping, and and that's the last points we put on the board. Yeah, I I, yeah. I like that. You could you could totally see something like that where the Giants add in a few wrinkles during their short time here and they catch Dallas on, by surprise on a couple plays on the first drive. And then when they have to settle back into their, to their base offense, they just get overwhelmed. 
That, that's yeah. a great analysis, Scott. I love it. And I'll tell you what, you know, I mean, so we're, we're, we all picked the Giants to get basically their doors blown off in this game. I think they will. They're, they're short-manded here. I'm still going to stick to the to the prediction here, though, that we make the playoffs. We we need to find two wins. I think we find a win against Washington, probably a win against Indy, a win against someone else somewhere. I, I know there are a lot of Giant fans right now that are gloom and doom about all the injuries and we're not going to win another game and they're already writing the season off. I, I I still think we're finding two wins here. I think I believe in Dable on this group to be able to pull something out. We're going to get some players back from injury too. Neil will be back probably next week. Ojolari could be coming back here in a, in a, in a week or so. Um, so I I just don't see us. I don't see the season going like it did when Mike Glennon all of a sudden had to come in or Jake Fromm last year. We still have yeah. Daniel Jones. We still have Saquon Barkley. We're still going to catch a team that's asleep at the wheel coming up here. Uh, and, and, and people forget, we might be playing that game against Philadelphia at the end of the year where it means jack shit to them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think with this coaching staff and the, and the, and the talent and some of the talent we have coming back from injury in a few weeks, we will find starting from where we're starting and knowing that the teams we're competing against are no better guys. Really? The, the only difference between the giants and some of these other teams that were locked up, like it looks like we're going to be locked up with chasing wild cards is that uh, the giants have a better starting point than they do because we're yeah. seven and three. Um, so, you know, but, but it'll be classic coming down the stretch. You know, it, the, the one word I'm waiting to hear, and it, it, Probably won't come after Dallas bashes us. No, no. So I can see us losing to Dallas, right? And then maybe at home finding a way to beat Washington and then losing to Philly, say at our next three. Then that magic meltdown. We're just going to start creeping in. The Giants are going through a meltdown. You know, after after starting uh six and one, since then they're they're two and you know, whatever. So meltdown, you know, it's has nothing to do with injuries or the, the way the schedule lays out. No meltdown. If, if you lose more games in the second half than you lost in the first half, you're melting down. So that, I refer that to it as the, the great collapse is basically yeah, collapse, how I see collapse, it. Collapse is I, another good one. The great collapse. I was, uh, you know, we were a few others, uh, uh, you know, the listeners of the three and your giant fans that are also big Yankee fans. We were talking about that as, as all season as, you know, Yankees came out storming, you know, just mowing down people early on. And then they hung on to the division. You know, they, they, you know, ended up winning it comfortably, but uh, you know, for them, they had to go on and win the whole thing. So yeah, Scott, you mentioned it earlier. I think now the giants, I mean, I it's, they're teetering and bordering on what's now going to be deemed a successful season. And they, because they've over exceeded, their you know expectations and everything up to this point well now it's it's weird like so now our expectations they change throughout the year now right because now it's sort of like holy shit they missed the playoffs and it's just unthinkable now it's devastating it's it's to be depressing demoralizing pick whatever adjective you want and and, and i would we all would be feeling that way and i just want to get in i just i don't care i think we mentioned this last week i don't care what seed it is be the seven seed just have a playoff game. Just give us a game to watch in January, and I wouldn't even expect them to win it. It's one of those things now where that would be an amazing successful season for Dable in his first year. The way this this season has gone, I'm worried actually now, guys, about you know re-signing Jones. I know we have several weeks to talk about Daniel Jones and, and getting him re-signed and all those kinds of things. We'll get into that later, you know, uh, you know, in the final weeks and all that. But um, this is. Um, it's kind of the season all of a sudden is, is, is kind of hanging in the balance and, and, and teetering on what's going to happen in the next few weeks. They all, it, it, we have four division games in a row and I'm just really worried guys right now. And 
you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's too early. I, I had kind of a nauseating uh, feeling this morning that uh, just, you know, obviously only one team can win the division. So I was thinking, my God, if we have to sit through a Dallas-Philadelphia ch- NFC championship game, can you imagine that? Imagine the Giants don't make the playoffs and we have to sit through Philadelphia-Dallas championship game. Imagine that oh playing, panning out. Give that, chew on that for just a second. No, don't. I don't even, I don't even want to think about that. No, uh, don't. don't even want to think about that. No, don't, because it's... I don't think Dallas is going to make it that far. But here's what I think. I, I think that we're going to look back at the end of the year and say we are glad that we stole games against the Titans. And, you know, let, let's not say it's a steal necessarily, but a win against the Packers. I think those two games alone are going to push us into an area where we're going to make the, the playoffs at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Those those games, uh, yeah, you're right. They felt important wins like wins then, but more so now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sent the Packers spiraling. That started their uh, <laughs> yeah. imploding, I think, right? I think that was the first game of their five-game losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. Well, and I'm not even going to put this in a, in a pet peeve area, but guys, Justin Fields now is 0-4 with two game-losing INTs since becoming an MVP candidate. MVP candidate. MVP. <laughs> Says who? Classic. I just, I just think that's so funny. No, you know, you realize. I think Daniel Jones took more shit last week for having two interceptions and throwing for three hundred fifty some yards than Fields has because they're still talking about the amazing plays Fields has made, the runs he's made, and things like that. The Bears are zero and four in this stretch of supposedly amazing play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He just can't win with the guy. Look, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I've done this yet. I don't remember if I, I did it on air or just with you guys privately. But I, I look like I'm about to eat some crow on my Justin Fields prediction, and and I think it was still a pretty damn solid prediction. But, um, you know, I can't imagine him not being in the NFL in 2024 right now. But we'll see. You know, this thing could fall right. apart. But, well, but I, I will say this: you can't win with this guy. You can't. He's Tim Tebow. He's Tim. I was going to say he's a more talented Tim Tebow, but I don't even know that he is a more talented Tim. He's just Tim Tebow. <laughs> and yeah, you know, you put him on a good enough team, put a great defense out there and, and an unbelievable offensive line with a great running back. Guess what? He, he might win a few games. Oh my God. You know, but it's like a completed pass for this guy is like such a jaw dropping rarity you know, going to his Bears game and watching Justin Fields must be like watching football, like in the two years right after they legalized the Ford pass. Like when you see it happening, you're like, yeah, oh, my God. Like they, they're rewriting offensive football. So, yeah, you know, you know, what's funny, though, is so you, you watch some of these other quarterbacks in the league and it's not just, you know, Fields. It's, it's guys like. Wilson from the Jets who just got benched. It's guys like Mariota on the on the Falcons. When giant fans ride Daniel Jones and make him sound like he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, I don't see, and, and, and you know, you can, you can change my opinion here, but I don't see him making throws every week that are so hideous that it makes you say, what the hell's going on? I'll just catch a snippet of a jet game and I'll see Zach Wilson make a throw and go, what the fuck is he doing? Mm-hmm. I turned on one of the one of the highlights of the, the Falcons Panthers game. and saw like Mariota, like going to the ground, just throwing a ball up in the oh, air. It gets, uh, yeah. it gets picked off. I'm like, when, when has Daniel Jones ever done that? Even, you know, I, I used to worry when Daniel Jones would run the ball and, and, you know, next thing you know, it would just slip out of his hands or he'd get hit and the ball would just pop out. 
that looked grotesque, but I don't ever remember Daniel Jones throwing a ball so poorly that I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He doesn't even belong yeah. in the league. Yeah, I saw that Mariota play thinking the same thing, Scott. Like, what? It, it, how is this guy not just being murdered by, you know, his, his teammates, coaches, media? Yeah, it's a joke. I- are we uh, are we starting pet peeves now? Because I, I can't say anything else without leaking into my pet peeve. No, or... no, I'll, I'll cut it off there. And, and, and by the way, I'll just I'll I'll, I'll 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 stop that part. We'll go to the pet peeves just after we do Manscaped because Manscaped Black Friday is coming up. So it's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or for the friends in your pants. You can make this a Ah. season to be jolly with manscaped.com. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about a sack, and so should you. So go to to manscaped.com, Black Friday deals, 20% off, free shipping. All you have to do is use the code ANGRYMAN. Angry man. Yeah, if that read doesn't sell some shavers, I don't know how you sell shavers. Yeah. That that was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> you, you're a genius. I do not yeah. take credit for that read, I have to say. <laughs> Nonetheless. No, no, someone else wrote it, but your read was awesome. It was perfect. <laughs> and, and hard so hard to follow the, that up. The, the, yeah, the only, the only, I have nothing to add to that other than just, you know, we, we have another, uh, we have another review from uh, someone who bought it based on a recommendation. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second, but it is, there is a point where it's too early to play Christmas music. That's the, that's oh. the only, that's the only thing I'll disagree with in that whole read. The other rest of it is just home runs right off the, it was awesome. Uh, one of our uh, listeners and was a guest host earlier this year, KC, um, uh, gave me some feedback on, uh, on, he, he took awesome. advantage of angry man and, and got some stuff and was, uh, let's just say, super pleased. I believe mm-hmm. the comment was, this shit is for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I was coming back from Germany, you know, I, I usually watch movies. And one of the movies I watched, highly underrated, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It's it's the one where Nicolas Cage plays himself and he's got Ped. Pedro Pascal is his friend and things like that in it. But it's great because he does like these reads throughout the, uh, the movie where he's like, Oh, like, Hey, I, I, you know, he's doing the Nicholas cage, all, all emotional, all dramatic. I, I wonder if my read was as good as Nicholas cages. I, I, I think <laughs> you're setting the bar a little low for yourself. <laughs> That's right. I was thinking more of like Lawrence Olivier or something. And you go to, Lawrence you go to Olivier. Nick, you go to you're Nick. Cage. up the joint. Yeah. Lawrence, Laura, I can't, you can't do a, a read about balls with a guy named Sir Lawrence. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I'll be honest. Sir. I don't even know who that is and what he looks like, what he's done. I don't even, I'm not even sure he's an actor. Just oh, he's dead. Like a, he's dead. Too. It just sounded like a classy name. <laughs> All right. Moving on to pet peeves. So yeah. I, I don't want to steal the thunder, Mike. You could, you could do the pet peeves. No, it's it's you know you guys were just dancing all around it, and if I if I said anything, it would, I would be like taking right out of my pet peeve. So I was I was holding back there, waiting for that. So uh, my pet peeve is it, you know we we were talking about very specific examples when we were just talking before the the uh, manscape stuff there, and you know Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, but you know if you kind of listen around the league, and and th- there is an exception to this, and I'll get into the exception. 
And I don't think it was always like this. Nobody's bad. Hmm. Nobody is just bad. If you listen to any game prog- uh, broadcast, any pregame show, um, and, and you know any of the canned stuff on ESPN, nobody's bad. But there's just no criticism of anybody. If if a player, if a decent player plays a terrible game, they just don't talk about him. <laughs> they, they don't. They focus on what the other team did, which you know mm-hmm. this is this is a whole new thing. And you know, like it, this isn't brand new. But it used to be more player specific. You know, Scott and I used to talk about uh, 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 Mike Allstott and how, you know, they never you would just watching highlights from him. You would never think that he fumbled the ball once. (laughs) He fumbled the ball like once every four carries in the NFL. (laughs) But so it used to be a little bit more selective. Now, I think the world is just such a sensitive (laughs) fumble. Uh, The world is just such a more sensitive place now. And and every you know the media and the players have become almost like buddy buddy. There's a lot of buddy mm-hmm. buddy going on. I feel like, and there's no, there's just no like, well, this guy. I'm telling you, he's not getting it done. You know, and the guys who say things like that don't seem to last a, very long on these shows that they're on. It's you know, it's you know, you start talking shit about players, they won't say anything to you anymore. They won't talk to you in the locker room. You, you lose access. You know. Um, so I just think that's it's I think it's dishonest. I, I think people, again, as we've talked about a thousand times with the NFL and the coverage of the NFL, um, they're just feeding the lowest common denominator. They're always doing that. Um, you know, you are to me when I watch a game and you're talking about, uh, you know, I'll use the horse. I know the horse is dead, but I'll use the same example. And you're talking about Justin Fields and nothing you say about this guy is critical. Nothing. You don't even say uh, he has some work to do in the passing game, something nice like that. It's positive, positive, positive. It's MVP. And then you go on to the next thing. You're like a politician at this point. You're lying. <laughs> you are lying. And, you know, I, I think uh, I think people who who get the product that they want from the NFL, I think you're doing them a disservice by by doing that. Now, the exception I talked about earlier was like these talking head shows where they just scream at each other like, you know, Shannon Sharp and whoever, like they will, they will pick whooping boys. I, don't, I still don't think at a show like that, they would go off on a Justin Fields, but you know, they'll go off on a Daniel Jones. They have their set. They have their individual guys. They'll go after, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you know, the stuff that is studio driven, the, the pregame post game, uh, during the game, certainly during the call, the halftime stuff, they're, they just there's nothing negative happening in the NFL. Every player is peak performance. Yeah, you brought up Allstat, and I had to laugh because at the Jacksonville game, we saw this guy in an Allstat jersey walking. And I turned to my friend John, look, look, an Allstat jersey. It was really cool. And then we both looked at each other like, why the fuck is this guy wearing an Allstat jersey? <laughs> other than we're in the state of Florida playing a, a Florida team. We're in Florida. Move <laughs> all to be fair. <laughs> like, like, he he didn't play for the Giants. He didn't play for the Jaguars. Played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you got this bright, and of course you're going to see the jersey because it's bright orange. The cream in, 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 in a sea of uh, you know teal and 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 big blue. It's like the uh, it's like that guy who wears the Marlins orange jersey in Major League Baseball behind home plate and you know in the second row there. Remember we've seen this guy for the last decade or so. Sitting at all the World Series games and all the all the playoff games, Marlins, right? The orange Marlins jersey. That's the All Stock guy you saw walking around. Might be Duval him. Yeah. County. Du- Duval. Yeah. 
how many people even know the county they freaking you know it's whatever insane but mike good points man because we, we talk about it a lot is uh somebody has to suck right the league yeah. not everybody's uh yeah. you know all pro or pro bowl whatever you want to call it so you know there's teams that are under five like there's there's guys that suck right so you know what it is but you're right it's the um uh, it, it's like politicians these days, but it's uh, I attribute it all to social media. We talk about it all the time because yeah. no, nobody wants to get into a war of words on Twitter or some of yeah. these other you know social platforms, you know whatever it is, you know. But uh, but I love that the, the, you brought up this uh, you know Daniel Jones example because Daniel Jones, everyone knows like we, well we can bash Daniel Jones, right? It's it's always yeah. we on Same. the panel, right? You know yeah. you got a panel of seven talking heads up there that are just barking, but like it's we we agree we can kind of you know, we're looking to the right and left, you know, like, yeah we yeah. can do that because. Daniel Jones, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get into a war of words with um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, excuse me, on um, on Twitter. I think right, that's right? why. I think so that's why Eli to always him. took shit. Of course, because he Great wasn't points. gonna fight you back. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, you're not. He, he's he's not firing back with some kind of uh, you know comment about you know whatever you know. So it's just easy to to blitzkrieg. Hey, listen, I mean, his own teammate Tiki Barber buried uh, Eli Manning after he retired. Yeah. That asshole, right? So yeah. that's that was safe. You know, a little do that, you but... know, Tiki, you're probably not getting an invite to the uh, Manning cast ever, but uh... yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. You know, Tiki thought, you know, I can go out there and, and uh, like be provocative with my first ever thing mm-hmm. out of my mouth. And, you know, basically the Giants said, you're not coming back to this locker room like it, uh, who, you know, <laughs> right. it, it, you know, just kind of ended his insight and in all because he he like Chris said, he felt safe. Of course drilling on Eli because he knew there would be no repercussion. Eli was going to stoop to that level. No nah. way. If I were so, Max Kellerman right now, I'd be giving you guys both like pluses on your, you know, whatever that. Yeah. Oh, you pick on the guy. It's safe on, on social media, you know? Yeah. Do I need a saying on the blackboard? Yeah. Put a blackboard behind The civil war was neither civil nor war. Those are pretty damn funny. I'm sure he doesn't write those, but he's got some pretty stuff, good stuff over his shoulder there on the blackboard. But, my pet peeve's a lot shorter than, than Mike's. Mike's that was, that was a good one, man. Um, I have just a uh, a rather abbreviated one. It's really simple. I, we've brought it up before. It's um it's a small officiating glitch that uh, I'm just sick and tired of seeing. It was um when the when the Lions uh, got down. It was the score was I think 10-6. They were up at that point, end of the second quarter. They get first and goal from the four yard line. Let's say it was. And Scott and I noticed it. We're out to watch the game. And um, Lions are, uh, you know, the play clock's winding down. And the freaking play clock was at zero Uh-oh. for a full second before they snapped the ball. We're yeah. waiting for the flag. No, 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 flag, flag. Lions scored on that play. I'm yeah. not suggesting, I'm not saying they, they may not have scored, but how do you know? You know, you, you, you take the penalty there. Now it's first and goal from around the 10. So maybe they don't get in. How do you know? I went back and looked at it today in, in, during the highlights and it was even worse than I remember watching the game live where, and I'm just sick and tired of the inconsistencies. We've talked about it a million times, guys. I swear we're running out of pet peeves almost with the officials. <laughs> I mean, especially with the officials because we, we've, we've talked about it to death, but that one still cannot find a common ground on what is delay a game in this league. I mean, so, you know, yeah, the obvious ones where they're almost deliberate, deliberately taking a five yard penalty for punting purposes, that kind of bullshit yeah. where you need more room. Yeah. That's a pet peeve in itself. Like fucking need more room for just punt the yeah. ball with what you got there. Um, but we, the Lions scored on that play to make it, they yeah. went up 17, six and we, I don't even think we rewound it, Scott on the DVR that, uh, for, for that play. But I looked at it today while when doing the highlights 
And it, there's no, it's not even one where like, eh, you look at it, it's kind of bang, bang, simultaneous. Those you'll let go. No, no, no. This was, he's, yeah. you know, golf is, I think it's shotgun or whatever it was. Clock's at zero for a full second after yeah, that. A long time. And they allow it to go and they scored on that play. And it just, it drives me nuts, man. It's yeah. just, that's one, well, that's so easy to see. Don't give me that bullshit where the official, plays. the back judge looks up. And then by the time he sees it, you know what? If that's how you, 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 they track delay a game and fucking put in a new system where it's actually legit, where it's not some human being that has to look up and take the time to look at the play clock yeah. 120 yards across the field. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the infuriating thing about that. And I know exactly the play we're talking about because it seemed like forever mm-hmm. until they snapped that ball. I mean, that thing set on zero forever. And Maybe the, even more than one second. Yeah. And, and and the most infuriating thing about it was not only even think two drives later, the giants got called for a delay a game. When, when they were snapping the ball, like it wasn't instant at zero, but it, you know, it was at zero for half a heartbeat. The Not Giants the snapped the ball and you know, they came in and just were like, no, no, no. That mm-hmm. wasn't even two drives later. It's like, be consistent. And this one to me, the reason why I love this pet peeve and I agree with it so much is, you know, I, I, as I told Scott, I was watching uh, St. John Syracuse last night. I haven't watched a lot of basketball in the last few years, but go Johnny's by the way, overtime win. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I noticed like the shot clock. Right. So a light comes on around the back. There's no question right. whether or not they got it. You know, they got the shot off. Why can't like the zero turn red? So if mm-hmm. you want, if you want the zero to be a full beat, then it's zero in yellow beat. And then the zero turns red. And when the zero turns red, if they haven't snapped the ball, I mean, it's, it's not subjective anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's something they could go back and easily look at, easily you know, they do, it. they do the ISO with the play clock and the snap. And if, if it's, if it turns red and the ball's still under the center, you know, I, I don't know. That is, that is one of the most, because it's only a five yard penalty. It is one of the most, most overlooked subjective calls in the NFL yeah. and every ref does it different. And you would think the NFL would want to get away from that. Yeah. But that's well, another one. Chris, like you could, yeah, I was just going to say Scott real quick. Um, everything could be reviewable and maybe I don't, yeah, maybe you don't want to make every single thing reviewable possible in an NFL game, but I, well, why not? I mean, to get the call, right. And even, even if it's a call that it's going against you, I just, again, we've talked about it a million times, guys, get the call. Correct. I can yeah. live with that. That's all. Yeah. You know, Chris we, and I were talking about it at the game, watching the game. It wasn't just that one play, although that one was impactful because it was the touchdown three snaps that the lions had during that game were similar type delays. And and like you point out, Mike, one of the times we had less of a delay than that. Also, mm. yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, it, it, here's, it, don't we have, I, I mean, the, the world is everywhere. I look in turn, there's giant televisions, but a play clock has to be as big as a piece of notebook paper, <laughs> by the way, they can't have a play clock. That's, you know, that's five foot wide by 10 foot high. Why not? Why don't we have that? <laughs> this sort of bleeds into my pet peeve because you know, I've been watching the World Cup as it's going on, and the subjectivity of how much time is left in a game, and it's just oh up to the ref. And, and you know, that so so the you know, we know that the game's over at ninety minutes, and then they put like a plus eleven or plus seven or plus something, and you just have a guy that keeps looking at his watch. So there's one guy who's the arbiter of what how much time is left. And can you imagine that in an NFL game? We, we're, we're bitching about like a beat of a second, you know, being yeah. wrong. 
what happens if like you know your Giants are driving down? And you're like, well, we don't know how much time's left, but the Giants better hurry up here to get this playoff. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> We're not sure exactly how much time is left. Can you imagine you know, Card- that in a football Cardozo game? Said, Cardozo always said, why don't we just go to running clock? Let's go to running clock. Oh, yeah. Just make yeah. the quarters 20 minutes. It will just run them the whole time. That's it. And, and you have injuries. Nope, clock keeps running. Clock just and runs. I, and like, I think a, like, the a protocol... rec, like, a, like a rec basketball game. You're like your <laughs> eight-year-old. Just run the clock. I think the protocol in soccer, too, is that they never really stop it in the middle of a play. So they wait till the ball gets like, you know, moved out and then they don't even blow the whistle. Then they wait till the guy puts the ball down on the spot and kicks it like 40 yards and halfway when it's in mid air. Yeah. And do the two, the two whistles to blow it. And Ed, that's, I mean, if there's, if there is one single, there's many reasons why I've, I've tried. I've never really gotten into uh, European football or soccer or whatever mm-hmm. we call it. That has got to be one of the reasons. Like the first time I experienced that, I, I was watching it with a big fan of, of soccer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, what the, the clocks, you know, it's what happened? The clocks at zero. And he's like, oh, no, it's, it's stoppage time. And he's trying to explain to me while we're in it what's happening. And yeah. I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? And, and like I was watching the U.S. game the other day. And so I like put nine minutes on of stoppage time. You're like, and so, you know, nine minutes. But at Scott's point, it's not exactly nine minutes. It's. <laughs> It's around nine minutes. And so, you know, whatever the official feels like it's appropriate, um, you know, it's 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 brutal. Could never work in American sports. It could just never work in American no. sports. And guys, you know how I feel about flopping in the NFL. Flopping in soccer is like an art form. I was watching a game earlier today, and and the thing is, players are almost always rewarded for it. There was a play today where a guy like swings his arm back. And he, he glances a guy's shoulder. Well, the guy doesn't grab his shoulder. He grabs like his face and like yeah. drops to the ground. Like he's just been burned with napalm <laughs> and he stays down. And he's rolling around in agony. And of course the ref has to produce the yellow card and, you know, throw it up there. Like, Oh, well, there's gotta be something that's happening. Cause this guy is acting like he's dead. And, and if you watch like slow motion replays, like half the time, someone will get hit like in the ankle area, but they always grab the foot. They grab mm-hmm. like the inside of the foot and then they, they roll around in pain and then they get up 30 seconds later and they're fine. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand why that's tolerated. Shouldn't be man. No, they, they should come down really hard on that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, Cause yeah, that's another, if, if like I said, okay, the running clock and the, the stoppage time, the injury thing. I, I, you know, I forgot the game was on. I turned it on. It was about halfway through. I, I can't. You can never say halfway through a soccer game because you're not sure exactly when halfway is. But it was a, it was in the in the second half at some point. And the whole game is just one guy after another falling down and grabbing his knee and rolling around and then jumping up and and staying in the game. That's, I, I, yeah. It's it's infuriating to watch. But I, I did. You want to hear? Speaking of this. I heard a great comedy bit today by someone who said the biggest criticism Americans have about World Cup and, and soccer is that the games are low scoring and they're boring. Yeah. So he's like, so he's like, but you compare that to American football. He said, they're just as low scoring. You guys just make up points. So he's like, a 14 to 7 game is not 14 to 7. It's 2 to 1. 2 to 1. <laughs> I loved it. I'm like, all right. I'll That's give pretty good. That. That's a good one. That's true. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, we're just adding extra points for uh, for out of nowhere. It's like it's like a tennis match. Yeah, you, you uh, get one you get point. Forty oh, 15 now. love. Yeah, all of a sudden you have 
Where the fuck did you get 15 from? Why can't we just call that one? Is that fine? <laughs> we never we never talked about, Chris, what we would do on, on YouTube if we lost our host. You know, That's true. Never, you know, it we was easy. That. It was easier to cover uh, when we before we were visual medium. That's right. You didn't you didn't lose me. My dog was being a pain in the ass. So I had to, uh, <laughs> to figure out what to do with her. You're going to have to re-listen to the <laughs> podcast to hear a really good joke. <laughs> <laughs> could you hear her barking by the way a few minutes ago just, i thought i did time. actually uh, i couldn't yeah. tell where it was coming from i swear it was in my ear you know sort of like, like i'm on the set here where you got like i'm being told in my in the in my that by the producer that we <laughs> so we got yeah, i we heard got, something we got several questions this week from bry peacock our, our cowboys fan and uh um i i think we're gonna have some some interesting responses to him uh but do we want Odell back? I'm going to I'll start off with this one. I really do not want Odell back. It's not the fact that I wouldn't want Odell to play for the Giants again. But you're talking about a 30 year old receiver who's been often injured coming off in an ACL. We can't find someone more reliable or better. That's not going to have that injury history to yeah. to, to to sign. Yeah, that's what, exactly what it comes down to for me. Why would this Giants team? take an oft injured receiver right now. What, you know, can you imagine the first time, like on the third and 15, he's not targeted and he thinks he's open and he's throwing his arms up or he's coming back to the huddle, like shaking his head. I don't, we don't need that nonsense. We need receivers. Not that one. That's my answer. (laughs) Just not that one. Uh, You know, as great as he was for a couple of years with us, uh, no question. Dynamic player. He's not that player anymore. And I think this is a whole new regime. It's a whole new, it's a whole new everything. Yeah. Roster, coaching staff, everything. Uh, no, that would be a mistake bringing OBJ back. I mean, he's definitely still a talent. He still could produce in this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd rather let's let's go with a clean slate. I'd rather yeah. just get a whole new, uh, you know, just I, a second go around for him. I don't think would be successful. So I, I would pass on him. So don't know what he cost, but yeah. Eight years ago today, by the way, is the um, it's the catch, the the Odell catch. And, and and another this has to be a, a, a just a cowboy's perception here, but was Odell's catch offensive pass interference? I gotta say, I wa- rewatched that catch and it looked anything like it was defensive pass interference. And there was actually a flag thrown. So I was gonna I say, was wasn't there a wasn't there a flag thrown on that play for defensive pass interference? Yeah. There was. No, it was not offensive pass interference. No. Even if it was, just because of that catch, you should pick that flag up. <laughs> well, don't the, I mean, do the Giants you, lead the league in, in offensive PIs every year, yeah. it seems like. Certainly, this maybe if it was this year, it probably would have been, you know, given the uh, – I don't remember him pushing off on that play, to be honest. Yeah. I mean – Well, how does uh, how does a player of Odell's talents have to commit offensive pass interference and still is covered well enough where he has to make that catch? <laughs> no. If Odell OPI'd, he, that would have been a walk-in touchdown. No, nah, I got to say, no, no way was that offensive pass interference. Yeah. The bigger irony there is that a Cowboys fan talking about offensive pass interference after watching years of Michael Irvin or, yeah. or mm-hmm. I think as I was saying before we came on the show here, one of the more famous Cowboy receptions, Drew Pearson against the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. They called the Vikings for defensive pass interference on a play where Drew Pearson literally shoves the defender to the ground. Yeah, watch that from a reverse angle. It's despicable, <laughs> that play. And yeah, Michael Irvin, Jesus. I mean, he started that doing that shit when he was at Miami before That's, he even uh, entered the NFL. The guy made a living pushing off uh, yeah. defensive backs. Bullshit. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want to hear that from a Cowboy fan. That's Stop it. Staple. That's Knock a it off. Staple. It's the first Knock thing I off. think of when I think of Michael Irvin. No, no, uh, yeah. no. Cocaine is the first thing. Put pet <laughs> pass interference, offensive pass interference is the second. <laughs> Another thing is when he was. When he had the neck stinger and he's down face planted down at the old vet stadium in Philadelphia and the fans were cheering. I remember that yeah. one. That's yeah. one time I got to actually pat the uh, Eagle fans on the butt there because that was I would have done the same thing. Having given the chance. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. No, just a thug. Just, <laughs> I, a, love, just a thug. I love that one first thing comes to mind with Michael. Irvin. I think all of us would have been cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. And, <laughs> and offensive pass interference is actually in a tie for number two with hookers. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one's directed just to Mike. Oh God! Is Michigan as fraudulent as a three dollar bill? Uh, I I can't. Uh, I don't know we'll why a three dollar bill is more fraudulent than a four dollar bill. But the uh, the thing I love about a Michigan season and an Ohio State season is, as Cardone just said, we'll find out. It's been a one game season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that question came up because you know at the end Scott usually gives us like our final thoughts. And my final thought was on the game. Um, and I'm actually predicting Michigan to lose, but I don't think they're fraudulent. I think they're a good team. Um, I, I think a lot depends on whether or not Blake Corum plays. It's a huge part of that team. It's just unfortunate that, you know, it looks like we're not going to have him for that game. But but I've got an overtime game with Ohio State winning 30 to 27. Mm. And um, and I do see paths uh, based on other games. I see paths for Michigan to stay in the top four. But yeah. that's obviously that'd be a long shot. But yeah, I think I it's easily, gonna be good. I think yeah. it's gonna be a good game. I could look this up very quickly, but I'll just ask you, Mike. So where's that game this weekend? That's the, at uh, Ohio State. In Ohio State, okay. Yep. So a little extra challenge there for you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yikes. Anything else this week, guys? No, nah, man. Just enjoy Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, we're gonna. At a minimum, you know, enjoy your meal, enjoy the time off. I love this weekend, guys. I mean, this yeah. is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite weeks of the year. Christmas is great and all that, but Thanksgiving week, um, when you throw in the football and everything else during the week, and it's just uh, my favorite week. So, everyone, thank you know, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. I mean, we're going to have to, I think, stomach literally and figuratively uh, a, a giant game tomorrow. Maybe they shock the hell out of us. I doubt it, but, um, you know, we'll we'll muck our way through. As long as I'm, uh, you know, have some of the, the alcohol will be flowing, the food, just enjoy it. I was, was going to say, enjoy the dinner because you might be throwing it up an hour later. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think this is an exaggeration to say the Giants winning on Thanksgiving for me would be more of a shocker than beating the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I gave us I gave us a puncher's chance in that game. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't think that's the yeah. case uh, Saturday. But you know, I I I think we're re- recording uh, Monday next week. Is that we decided? Or? I think we did decide Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you have an opportunity to catch me very sour if uh, the Giants get run like we think, and then Michigan does. Um, I am Yikes. not going to be a happy dude on Monday. I just want to. I want to be able to recall some texts over the weekend that Mike has been uh, not yeah. only sauced but also just delusional too so yeah we you might guys, we might get you that. guys know i'm not much of a texter so if i got that thing up there and just blasting out text oh yeah yeah it's on <laughs> we'll force your hand on that one mike we're gonna be right. i'll i'll just bombard you with uh oh god don't text after text <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair so we are the three angry giant fans this is your host scott giant mike and cardone hit us up on twitter like uh brian peacock does we want questions from other 
than just Dallas fans. So it's at angry underscore three. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, just search for three angry giant fans on the uh, YouTube channel and, and uh, you'll see us there. But uh, I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. We're looking forward to the Dallas game. Hopefully that's not uh, as bad as we all have predicted. Buy your Manscaped gear. Use the code angryman. Get 20% off and free shipping. And, uh, you know, even if we do lose against Dallas, we're 7-4 and four and we're going up against Washington. Hopefully we can uh, pull out a win there. So talk about a must win. Yeah. <laughs>